Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 72 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your host this week, and I am joined as always by my awesome, amazing, fantastic, superbly just brilliant co-host, Karen. How's it going? Made me feel pretty good. <laughs> that was the intention. That's why I stood. I was like, "Superbly, what's what's another word I could throw in there that gives like you know a little a little boost, you know, a little flourish." Yeah, yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I I had a I had a somewhat busy week, you know. Like I mentioned last week, builders started on Monday, so I've been down helping with that. Otherwise, um, pretty good. Enjoyed the first episode of She Hulk. It was nice. I liked it. I liked that first episode. And yeah, I, so I, I really like the look that she has when she's mm-hmm. in like her Hulk form. Like, yeah. like see, like the CGI for me personally, I think it looks great. But I'm just like really a fan of how she looks as She-Hulk. I'm just like, I, I like your look a lot. And I'm liking the humor of it. Um, I, I think if I had a critique of the show so far, I mean, again, only one episode. I It felt like they were like, trying to get through the origin super fast yeah yeah so the first episode felt a tad rushed it felt a tad rushed and um that might be a nitpick well i don't know if i say it's a nitpick i say it's a fair critique my only other actual critique is the end of the episode when um jamila jamil's character i believe it's titania comes in and like they have their fight there is no getting around this the that was a poorly edited fight like yep. <laughs> it was, it was not staged all that well. Like nope. it was, it, it wasn't done the best. Uh, but I mean, nonetheless, I still enjoyed the episode. I'm liking the humor, um, and I also like to learn that Captain America. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, it, it it was pretty good. I'm looking forward to the next episode. But yeah, I've had a pretty good week. Nice, and the the uh the all the work, the building, and all. It's not as not as physically uh, strenuous as the Reno has been, correct? No, no, not not anywhere near it. It's just laying a bunch of bricks. Lay it. It's, it's tedious, but easy. I, I imagine it's one of those things where you said it's tedious, but it's also, I guess, mind cleansing in a, a way. A little bit, yeah. Where you're doing it and your mind just like, you're able to just like explore your mind. Your mind's just able to yep. space out and just like think random thoughts. And you're just able to really just like, I guess you could, I don't, I don't know. Let's like appreciate life and just dwell on the questions of the universe and reality and just so many other things. Kind of. And the only, the only thing you really have to think about is uh, you need to make sure that they're level and plumb. Level of plumb. So what do you mean by plumb? Plumb is in, in line. So like level ah. as in it's flat pl- uh, plumb is in like you, like one brick isn't sticking out or behind another. Gotcha. I, oh, I figured the level nice meant, yeah, I figured level meant like, you know, like aligned and everything, but the plum, yeah. I didn't know that's what, like the depth aspect of yeah. it at all. Interesting. See, I, I've learned a new fact, another yeah. new fact. Kieran's about, fun, fun well, fact this week. Yeah. Well, I hear, I say another thing because before we started recording, I learned that brick and mortar, well, that mortar, you know, is this, is all, is one of the things that's used to like, you know, have bricks stick together when you're building stuff yeah. i've always heard the term brick and mortar never really knew exactly like the specifics of it i knew it meant like you no know, physical store at all like when people talk about brick and mortar stores but i never knew like what the the specifics were behind it before recording i figured it out so i've learned <laughs> two new things today which is absolutely brilliant and hopefully 
everyone on the show will learn a whole lot more this week because this is the Play to Win podcast, a show where we break down the week's biggest gaming news through in-depth discussion. We have a suite of things to talk about this week. It is a pretty big episode, um, I think. If you are looking forward to hearing all that, and if you've enjoyed this conversation so far, it's a fun episode, fun show. We have weird <laughs> conversations on here every so often. Yeah. Uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube and on podcast services. Uh, hit the notification bell if you are on YouTube. Give us a five-star review on podcast services. It's very helpful with algorithm, discoverability, all that stuff. Uh, likes, comments, and shares on YouTube, all those things are really helpful and very much appreciated. So please do those. And thank you very much if you do do those. For this episode, like I said, a bit of a big one. Embracer Group, they had a, <laughs> they bought a whole bunch of stuff. In like in a day, like you went to sleep, the world was one way. You woke up, and then things were very different. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that some. We're gonna talk about Dragon Ball being in Fortnite because it. We knew it was happening, but I don't think we really understood the scope <laughs> of like what this meant for Fortnite. Um, I'm gonna give some of my thoughts on Rollerdrome, which I've been playing this week, very much enjoying that. Uh, and we have some more things to talk about, but we're gonna kick this off by talking about Embracer Group's latest acquisition spree. Karen, did you, did you hear about this? I imagine it'd be hard for you to not hear about this, given one of the things that they acquired. Um, but what, hot top level, like, what did you think of when you, you know, you went to sleep? Like I said, you went to sleep. The world was one way. Yeah. And then you woke up, and the things were very different. <laughs> Yeah, so like I like I've I've seen a couple of these pop up on my news feed over the last like you know, two or three days, I think. Um but when I saw I, I think the one you're referring to is number six on this list. Yes. Yeah. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> right. I was just like, uh-huh. Ha- uh, what? Okay. What is this behind? Yep. How? Yeah, I was like, um, that's interesting so yeah they've they've been busy they've been quite busy you know embracer group we always talk about how they're just like always buying real random things like every every we're gonna buy them and we'll buy them and we'll buy them and they have so many different things under their belt but like i don't think anyone expected the the acquisition spree that they went on this week no i mean like it it's it's almost as if like you know when you go into a grocery store for like milk and then you're like oh and I also need this oh and I also need this yeah. and they're like then you see like shiny stuff on the shelf I'm like ooh that would be cool and you put that in your but like it they, they essentially went on like a supermarket sweep yeah I I know the memes about that I know earlier either early this year or last year there were memes like people saying that about Target like oh I, I go into Target for you know cereal and I walk out with like all these other things I yeah. don't do that. I'm like, I know what I want. I know what I need. And I'm only getting those things. <laughs> if I get anything else, it might be like a candy bar at the cash register as I'm walking out. I don't do anything extra. I buy what I intend to buy and leave it at that. Uh, let's talk about Embracer Group, though. So they, they've, they've bought a number of things. And it, it's all framed. It's all framed around uh, this new, this new, I guess you could call it, division that they have called Embracer Free Mode. Now, I'm going to read some of these details from a fanbyte piece um, by Kenneth Shepard, which is kind of like a nice roundup of everything that Embracer acquired as they titled this while you were asleep. <laughs> uh, and as the subheader says here, nothing huge, just a few companies and an entire IP. 
that entire IP yeah. being like a huge IP. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this here from Kenneth Shepard. Uh, at about midnight Eastern time this morning, this morning being August 18th, uh, Embracer Group announced several acquisitions ranging from companies to entire IP. It was a lot, especially trying to process it all while I was in bed and trying to fall asleep. I share the same sentiment because this happened like 10 minutes before I was about to go to bed. And I was just like, <laughs> what is even happening right now? I can't fully process this. Um, so here's a quick breakdown of everything Embracer announced. First up, Embracer has announced the formation of Embracer Free Mode, which is an operative group comprised of different games and entertainment companies Embracer owns. The subset of Embracer will provide a quote, quote, provide quote, a strategic operational and financial support ecosystem, end quote, to the rest of Embracer Group's subsidiaries. Free mode will focus on six markets specifically, including quote, retro slash classic slash heritage gaming and entertainment, game development and production, devices, gear and collectibles, community and, and e-commerce, new idea and technology, new idea technology incubation and production services, end quote. Several of the acquisition announcements cite free mode's goals as an underlying reason for buying the companies it did. For some reason, Embracer Berries three acquisitions in the same press release about forming free mode, which include Tatsujin, Embracer's first, Embracer Group's first Japanese studio, Bitwave Games, which is a Swedish studio, and Geotech, which is a European games accessory company. So right off the bat, we have Embracer free mode, this new, this new group, this new operative group that they have here with basically just kind of with all these different focuses and all. And like I said, just reading that, it really helps frame and helps you understand a lot of the rest of these acquisitions yeah. that they've got going on here. Uh, you ready for me to continue on and kind of bring, explain these? Yeah, go for it. So I'm going to say the four smaller ones <laughs> before we get to the huge <laughs> one here. So the first of these smaller, quote unquote, acquisitions that Embracer Group made over the, um, this past week is limited run games, which for those of you who may or may not know, they are a they're a really popular uh, distributor out here that ba- that tends to put out physical versions of games that would typically only have like a digital release. Um, yeah. So, off the top of my head, I don't know if they did this one specifically, but for example, let's take River City Girls, right? Uh, River City Girls, if that was a game that was only going to have a physical release, limited run might step in and say, "Hey, we will handle the physical side." Of it, and we'll make physical copies of this game that will that's only going to have a digital release. Um, that way, it's people who want the physical copy of it can have a physical copy of it. Um, and reading the fan bite piece here by Kenneth Shepard, he uh, he points out here that in the announcement of this acquisition, Embracer notes that the Carbon Engine that Limited Run Games uses, uh, which is an eternal eternally developed technology that they use to more easily port retro games to modern platforms, uh, that this engine was a primary reason for Limited Run's acquisition of the company, which again, going back to free mode, their retro classic heritage gaming and entertainment focus there, it makes sense that they would want to acquire them. Then next up we have Singstrix, which is a focal processing FX technology using karaoke. Um, Again, just one of these many different things that they're just stepping on into and all. We have Tuxedo Labs, which is the developer behind Teardown. We have Tripwire Interactive, which is the developer behind Killing Floor and Rising Storm. Um, and also Maneater, you know, the shark simulator game that came out okay. a couple of years ago. Uh, and then 
here's the here's the big one the one that really had everyone talking Mm -hmm. heads turning the world spinning upside down we were like what's going on here embracer group has also acquired the ip rights to the lord of the rings and the hobbit what okay what how i mean do you i guess like so theoretically that would mean that any more like you know if they made any more games in the like shadow of mordor series or i think there's like a lord of the rings mobile um what's the word i'm looking for it's not a moba it's like a battle it's simulator something like, something like that i don't, I don't know. know but um yeah any more lord of the rings or the hobbit games will be coming from embracer group which i mean may i mean sure if you want to but just why that's that's a fairly unexpected acquisition it it is i i don't think i would have it, it's it's unexpected because it seems so random yeah it's like why why what like why are you going after them specifically mm. like that is it's wild to just to think it just like wrap my head around so what does this mean when we said that they acquired the ip rights to the lord of the rings and hopper franchises um kenneth here he has it saying This includes rights to movies, video games, board games, merchandise, theme parks, and stage productions set in the Middle-Earth universe. Notably, this does not include TV series that contain more than four episodes. Um, He says that that's an important note there because the Amazon show that's going on has eight episodes. Uh, So this won't have any effect on other projects already in the works, such as the eight-episode Amazon live-action series or EA's mobile game. But Embracer Group is looking into possible new movies, including name-dropping characters like Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, and Eowyn, I believe is how you pronounce her name, uh, as possible focus points. Middle-Earth Enterprises will be part of Embracer Free Mode, but continue to operate independently under existing leadership. Interesting. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's good they're going to send... It's good that they're going to retain the same leadership and still operate independently. But like, I mean, like you said, this is just like a, it's a very specific acquisition to go for. Like, you, like you wouldn't expect them to acquire, like, I wouldn't have expected them to acquire this. I thought, you know, or if, if they were going to acquire anything, I thought they might have acquired like another video game franchise IP from either, well, from one of the big publishers. But this this just seems like so randomly specific that it's like like it takes you a second to like okay did i read that right but yeah a, a very interesting week for embracer group and i'm interested to see what they are going to do now they have the rights to lord of the rings and the hobbit right and i mean like when you i guess when you take a step back and you look at it lord of the rings and the hobbit specifically it's one of those moves where I guess you could say it makes sense because yeah. those franchises and that world is so large and varied that, again, when you read all the rights that they have now with the movies, games, board games, merchandise, theme parts, and stage productions, it gives them so much liberty to make so many different things yeah. with it. You can make games, you can make shows, you can make just merchandise and just make money off of that. You can, you know, 
have a theme park section in some at some theme park wherever like you know yeah. whether it be let's say universal has once making a lord of the Rings section now like you yeah. they can do that with them like it's a very profitable oh, ip yeah. to have very very profitable um so like from that angle it makes sense but i i still can't wrap my head around it and i i'm I'm very uncomfortable with this, to be quite honest. I'm I'm not at all like I'm not uncomfortable like I am with Microsoft buying these publishers, yeah. Bethesda and um Activision Blizzard. Not like that. But I'm uncomfortable considering just like all the things Embracer has acquired, and then now we're just acquiring the IP rights to a very popular fantasy franchise. Yeah. It just it doesn't sit right with me. It's like, okay, you bought Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. What's next? What else are you going to buy? You're going to buy Disney next? <laughs> are you going to buy... What, what's, what, what, like, where's, where does it stop? What is the end of things here? Um, look, just for my own peace of mind. Well, yeah, they can't buy Disney. I was just I was exaggerating yeah, yeah, I know. for okay. sure here. Yeah, I was just looking up uh, according to um, where is it? Uh, GobinNitrates.com. I don't know what the website is, but the geobanking rates net worth of Disney is ninety-seven billion dollars. Yeah, like th- there's no way they're buying yeah. Disney. That was just like a random exaggeration, of course. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, I, I get you. It's still absolutely surreal. And then we also they also kind of announced this, but they didn't give any more specifics. They have also acquired another unannounced um, game company. Uh, But they're not saying who it is (laughs) for commercial reasons. They're not saying who it is or how much uh, the acquisition was. But that acquisition for this unknown studio or company, whatever, uh, is either the third or fourth largest of these acquisitions that they announced. Interesting. It is interesting. It becomes even more interesting mm. when we discover that the the total amount for all these acquisitions is 8.2 billion SEK, which is um Swedish, which is Swedish currency. It's either eight it's 8.2 billion SEK, which is roughly 782 million seven hundred fifty-four thousand five hundred US dollars. A lot of money. That's a lot of money, but yeah. also like i'm not gonna lie i would have imagined that the ip rights for lord of the rings and the hobbit would have been at least a billion yeah. i'm surprised that like this deal was not more than a billion alone in terms of u.s dollars yeah i suppose so i mean I, now i mean now that you point it out that seems like an absolute steal for the rights to lord of the rings and the hobbit for it, like it kind of does how, like how, however much of or whatever percentage of that amount was the rights to the IP, right? It's it's wild. It's absolutely wild. We also got a little bit of news from this acquisition um, talk here that one of Embracer's games, one that AAA games specifically, has changed studios and has not been delayed. I mean, they didn't say what this game was. But it's nice of the Republic remake, <laughs> and yeah. and I believe this kind of came out as part of a um like an investor briefing or a shareholder briefing after the acquisition was announced and all. Um, and they say here, quote, "This was done to ensure the quality bar is where it needs to be for the title. 
we are not expecting any material delays for the title based on this transition, end quote. People kind of saw that was like, oh, it's coming this year still. Not a chance. No, it's no, not coming this no, year. No. That's, they're just saying that because they never gave a date. <laughs> We're not expecting any material delays. Don't worry. It's, it's yep. still coming. Like, it's not going to be delayed that much by shifting companies and all like that. How do you feel about all this, Karen? It's a lot to take in. Yeah. A lot of acquisitions, um, a huge one at that, a lot of money behind it. How do, how do you feel? Where, you, where do you fall on this? I mean, I get it. Like, I, I get they're trying to, like, diver, like diversify and getting to get into more areas in several different markets. And one way to do that is to, you know, buy somebody like Limited Run Games so you can start, you know, kind of porting old, older games or releasing new games that would previously have only had a digital release. Like, in... I can I can get behind that, but it it kind of again, like you said, not to the level of like Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard or or Bethesda, but it it does make me a little bit uncomfortable that they just seem to not stop buying stuff. So yeah. like the question is, what are they gonna buy now? Like are <laughs> are they gonna go and buy the rights to Star Wars or I don't know. What's another extremely popular popular pop culture thing? They've bought Harry Star Potter. Trek. <laughs> they bought. Oh, well, they bought Star Trek. I for forgot Harry about Potter, that. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, Star, I'd say Harry Potter is more popular than the Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Harry Potter, Star Trek, and like, and anything like, what are they gonna go after now? That's the that's the question that's kind of left in my head. Is like, okay, but where do we go from here? Can y'all like slow down, please? Can y'all just stop? Like y'all have all these companies, but yeah. what are their where are their games? Where are their products? And everything. Yeah. I mean, one of their games we'll talk about a bit later on in the episode as a brief mention. Um, mm. but still, it's just like, what is going on over here? Like, what are you all doing? Where as I said, where does it stop? Where yeah. does it stop? Like, and I always like whenever Embracer Group acquires something, you always see people on Twitter making jokes like Embracer Group has acquired me. <laughs> They've acquired my student <laughs> loans. I saw someone say, Embrace the group just walked into my bathroom, took my toothbrush out of my mouth and started using it <laughs> without <laughs> explaining anything. <laughs> said it's theirs now. Just like, man, wouldn't be surprised I wake up. Embrace the group has acquired the planet. Yeah. We are now all under the ownership of Embrace the group. <laughs> no, like it, it kind of, did you ever watch Gotham? I did not. No, I, mean, I watched like a bit of the first season. I never finished mm. it though. Yeah, there's there's a scene where Bruce goes into a like a club or something, um, and like the the owners won't let him in because he's obviously not old, like in Gotham, he's not old enough to go into a club drinking stuff. So he walks over to somebody and is like, uh, like chats to them and comes back and he's like, "Come on in, guys! I just bought the." Bar. That's kind of what it feels like Embracer Group is doing, uh, right now. They're just kind of being like, they'll, they'll walk into a building with. A massive briefcase full of cash and just be like uh we're buying you now yeah yeah that, that's basically uh kind of what they're doing just like yeah we we own this or even another thing i thought of was like when you go into a store right like you, it's like no they go into a store and like say it's like a shoe store or whatever or like a jewelry store for example okay? okay and they see everything that's laid out in the front they're like oh, okay these all look nice these all, these all look nice they say can i speak to the manager 
What do you have in the back, though? What do you have in the back? Let me see what you have back there instead, yeah. actually, because I know the back is where you got the real good stuff. That's mm-hmm. where you got like the the Lord of the Rings and all those other things back there. What's yeah. back there now? <laughs> I want to see what you have there. Uh, yeah, Embracer Group. They're buying a lot of stuff, buying a whole yeah. lot of stuff. When when will their rate of terror come to an end? <laughs> so somebody needs to like take their wallet away from them, take the or checkbook like, away, just t- close the accounts, all of it. Yeah, give 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 them an allowance. Just be like, you can buy one this year. <laughs> Dang, that's what I was saying. One this year, one this year, and that is it. Nothing more. Nothing more than that. <laughs> and then they're like, fine, we bought Microsoft. You're happy? I was like. What? <laughs> we didn't mean one like that. You could do one yeah. like that every 10 years, okay? Yeah. Oh, boy. Funny stuff, funny stuff. So let's move from one company gobbling everything up to another company not really gobbling everything up, but putting just about everything other than the sun in its game. <laughs> that being Epic and Fortnite. Uh, this week, we finally, at long last, after many years of people asking and begging, put this in Fortnite. <laughs> it happened. Dragon Ball came to Fortnite. We got Goku, Vegeta, Beerus, and Boma, all as characters. Um, there's emotes. We have the Saiyan charge-up emote. And when Goku and Vegeta do it, they go through all their Saiyan forms. So the Super Saiyan to Super Saiyan god which i believe is the blue to goku going ultra instinct and then whatever vegeta's is after that i don't know if he has ultra instinct i don't know i'm not sure i don't follow i don't follow dragon ball like that but we got all those there's the um the cloud that goku rides nimbus the nimbus cloud as one of the uh as the whatchamacallit the sail thing as a glider yes there is um a shinron glider as well that you can use Hmm. a lot of cool stuff and the coolest thing, arguably, is the Kamehameha. You can pick <laughs> up the Kamehameha nope. as an item, and it's a it has a limited charge uses. So I think it only has like three uses, and it has a long recharge. Uh, but when you go to use it, you go Kamehameha, and it's like super <laughs> strong and everything. And it took the internet by storm, understandably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, did you get a chance to see any of this stuff or dabble in Fortnite this week at all? I did not, unfortunately. I was too busy with Rollerdrome um, to get a chance to before we record us a day. But uh, did you get a chance? What, what's going on? I, I haven't played any, but I've I've watched like a, I I think like a thirty second clip or something on on Twitter of the Kamehameha, and I'm just like, I really want to play Fortnite because that looks badass. Yeah, I totally meant to play it this week. I just didn't have time, didn't get a chance to. But yeah, to see all these clips, it's just like Fortnite is Fortnite is awesome. Like I love Fortnite. Because yeah. Fortnite is the only place you get stuff like this, where you can have Master Chief using a lightsaber while wearing an Amonicus backpack <laughs> and then using the Kamehameha yeah. to take out Venom <laughs> while he's also working with Blanca, John Wick, and Spider-Man. <laughs> like, it's the only place you can have stuff like this happen. It's, yeah. it's wild. It's totally wild. And like, this is the metaverse that like we are dreaming of. This is the metaverse we want, where we can just be who we want to be and do the crazy things that we dream of as these characters. Like, this is the Ready Player One of the of the present, essentially. Yeah. No. Like, and I I think Fortnite is a it is a very good example of like how you do crossovers correctly. Like, yes. they're, they're not like they're not doing it like. This and Super Smash, but yeah, so yeah, Smash as well. Smash, Smash is another good example. 
um yeah they're, like they're they're not doing it in like a tacky way they're not doing it in like a jokey way like they're doing it in a way that actually does justice to the franchises that they're taking stuff from and like i i just i love seeing whatever they do like in the new season or when new people drop um i i do want a spongebob crossover though you know what that's a perfect segue into what i actually wanted to talk about this se- this hour oh, okay. with this segment here i wanted to talk about other things that we want to see brought over <laughs> to Fortnite. <laughs> With Dragon Ball is here, Naruto's been brought over. We've had Alien, Terminator, Walking Dead, Marvel, DC characters, so many crossovers. But like with anime now, it seems like we're reaching a point where it's like, okay, anything's possible at this point. Oh, yeah. So I have a long list here, a number of things. Oh, okay. We're not going to go through the whole list. I'll bounce around through this oh, yeah. list. But um, some of these, I think, we could pos- I mean, honestly, anything on this list, I would not be surprised if it happened. Yeah. But some of these are pretty absurd. So we're going to go off, actually, with SpongeBob, because I have that on my list here. SpongeBob. <laughs> do we think that SpongeBob could ever end up at Fortnite? What we what do we think that would look like? I, I, that would be insane. Like, I, I, I can, I, like, it's, it's at the point now where, like, anything on that list, I'm probably going to be like, yeah, I could see that happening because they will just cross over with anything, and it's it's great. Um, I would love like a bikini bottom section of the map. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, the crusty crab. The uh, what's what's um Plankton's place? The, the chum bucket. The chum bucket across the street, and like your characters would be SpongeBob and Patrick, Sandy, and who would be your fourth? Would your fourth be Mr. Krabs, or would the fourth be Plankton? Ooh. Uh no, my fourth would be David Hasselhoff from the SpongeBob. Oh, that's that's a whole another like licensing. <laughs> no, um, I mean it. It might be Plankton, although I don't know. Well, I mean, I suppose you could just make Plankton regular sized, but yeah, seem, yeah. I don't know. Either either Plankton or Mr. Krabs, I think. Yeah, and I imagine that like the glider would be like a jellyfish <laughs> riding a jellyfish. Oh, like, or exactly. Or maybe the maybe the backpack could be the jellyfish. So what would be yeah. the glider then? I wonder. Uh no, no, the, the, the jellyfish would be the the glider, the magic conch would be the backpack. Okay. And then the 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 axe would be the spatula. Yes, hundred percent. Yes. And then like I imagine one of the emotes could be the imagination. Yeah. That would be one of the emotes for sure. Yeah. Or the or like the I'm ready walk that SpongeBob does. I feel like I know it. It's, it's been a hot mess I've seen it, but I feel like I know the one you're talking yeah. about. Okay. All right. So SpongeBob, we got a nice picture, a nice image of that in our head. Uh what about Fast and Furious? <laughs> Has that happened yet? God. I don't think it's happened yet. No, it hasn't. I I honestly kind of don't want it to. You know, I don't want it to because <laughs> of Vin Diesel and his ego. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but I kind of want it to because it just it just seems perfect. Just Vin Diesel rolling in. We play with family here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his his glider would be I don't know his car. His glider would yeah, be the car and the characters yeah. would be him. And Letty, him and Michelle Rodriguez's character yeah. from the series, those would be the two playable characters. Yeah, or I mean, you could even uh, include like Sean Hobbs in that as well, like Dwayne Johnson. Uh, and I don't know if Dwayne Johnson wants to be associated with Fast and Furious no. anymore, given his beef. Well, with the... actually, yeah, you know what? 
Good that's point. why I didn't have him at all. I, I imagine if they're going to do any characters, it's going to be the family. Yeah. The, the core family. And if we're going to get any two, it'd be Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel. Like, yeah. Vin Diesel, I could see him like, Michelle Rodriguez, she's in the game. So I could see Vin Diesel being like, hey, let's get on in there. Michelle, yeah. come on, do it with me. <laughs> but I could also see uh. Vin Diesel being like, I'm bigger than Fortnite. <laughs> No, <laughs> I have my own arc game. I don't need this. I'm an arc. This is beneath me. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh boy. That's the furious though. What about let's? I think that could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll see these two out the way right now because they've been rumored. One is a recent rumor, and another has been rumored for a while. Those being um Family Guy and Destiny. Apparently, there's rumors. I think or data mines or whatever that Destiny might be crossing over sometime soon into Fortnite, uh, which I think would be cool. It's yeah. fitting, for sure. Um, and Family Guy has been a long-requested one for a very, very long time. Uh, that would be really funny. I I would love to just be walking around the map and killing people with Stewie. That would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be great. That would be awesome, but it'd be so. It would have to be adult Stewie, because like, again, if it's the yeah. if it's baby Stewie, you can't grow. You can't have him as like normal size. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know, because what size is Rick? Not Rick, Morty. What size is Morty? Well, actually, you probably have don't have the character. Because no. wasn't Morty in Fortnite? I know Rick I, was, but I think Morty yeah, had I'm, it too. I'm fairly sure. I mean, Morty, I would imagine, would be on the smaller side. I don't think, I don't think it would be anywhere near as small as Stewie Stewie would need to be, but. Yeah, but I would just say yeah. more so, like, I don't think they have, like, I don't think they're necessarily tied to a character being, like, a set height. Like, you yeah, have to be five foot, seven, five foot nine, five foot ten. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Stewie, they, they'd have to, like, have him be taller, so maybe not Stewie. I could yeah. see him being, like, Peter, Quagmire, maybe, Brian, Lois. Yeah. Oh, no, it'd be Peter, Brian. No, not Brian, because he's the dog. So, Peter... <laughs> The giant chicken. Yes. Lois oh my God. Yes. Uh, Herbert. Oh, oh gosh. That would be, that would be hilarious, but they wouldn't do it just because of what his character is. They, they yeah, would not his, do it his, for that reason his, alone. His, his walking speed would be like two. Yeah. <laughs> walking around in a Zimmer frame all the time. Until he sees Morty roll, roll over. He's like, oh, hello there, Morty. Let me come after uh, you now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know who the fourth would be. Uh, if, I mean, it doesn't have to be four specifically. I'm just like. Yeah. Multiples. Maybe the new. Oh, what, what's his name? The news anchor. Tom. Oh, God. Tom Tucker. Tom. Yes. Tom Tucker. Oh man, like anyone for Family Guy could work, and it would just—it just wouldn't yeah. seem weird seeing them there doing. I, it. I am, I am a hundred percent there for like a Peter and the chicken fight in Fortnite. A hundred percent there for that. That's the thing. If they do it, the chicken needs to be a character. Yeah. Just so you can have this happen, he has to be there. There's no 100%. getting around that. No. Um, for Destiny, who would you want the characters to be? I saw some talk about Zavala. Um, maybe Cade, but maybe not Cade since he's been dead for years. Um, so Zavala probably be a lock, you think? Who yeah. else do you think would be like in there? I would probably say Eris would be okay, would be one, maybe Crow. Okay, what about Ikora? Hmm. You don't know, like Ikora? I mean, they, like, I, no, I no, think no, they like, want to represent each of the Vanguard. Though. Well, yeah, no, yeah, of course. I mean, 
Ikora would probably probably be in there, but I would rather they replace her with someone else because, like, I, I'm not the biggest Ikora fan. Like, <sighs> like don't don't get me wrong. Like, she's all right. Like, I I'm I'm thankful I don't inter- have to interact with her anywhere near as much more than I do. Hater, hater. <laughs> we 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 stand Ikora in this house, okay? On this podcast, we stand Ikora. <laughs> we don't slander her. Um, but seriously though, that I I think that'd be cool. I could see yeah. them being thrown up in there. Um, your glider would be a sparrow. Yes, or or um, just your ship, or just a ship in general, just a generic yeah. ship, really. Yeah. Uh, and your backpack would be your ghost. Oh yeah. Let's see. See, there are a couple of oh, I've got a lot of others here. <laughs> Let's do some anime ones. Um, I, I don't know how many of these you've seen, so I'll just go to throw some of these out here. We'll see what you say. Um we've gotta get JoJo's. You've gotta do JoJo's bizarre adventure. <laughs> like it it's just there are so many characters there. It's pr- it's primed for it. It's primed. Yeah. Give me um not Josuke. Give me Jotaro. Yeah, give me Josuke, actually. Give me Giorno. Give me Dio. Give me those. And then, the, uh, no, they'd probably do Josuke. No, no. They'd probably do Joseph, Joestar, um, and have variants for young and old. They'd do Jotaro for sure. They would do Dio for sure. And I would want them to do Giorno. Yeah, I mean... Like I, I haven't watched JoJo's, so I, I don't really have an opinion on that one. But I mean, I know it's extremely popular. So I mean, it would make sense for a crossover. I think so. I let. I, I have one for you. What's that? That that I, I is specific for you. I think. But uh, is it my hero? No. Uh, uh, well, I, I forgot we were talking anime for a second, but this one just popped into my head. The uh, the 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 Phantom Thieves show off in Fortnite. I thought about it. That'd be awesome, and it would totally fit. Um, I'd, I'd be all for it, honestly. Give me Joker. Give, give me Joker. Give me Ryuji. They'd probably go with the original four. Well, barring Morgana, so they'd probably go Joker, Ryuji, um, on and Yusuke. I guess see well, the four, those would be the. They would definitely do Joker on and Ryuji. After mm-hmm. that, the fourth could be up for debate. Because then they they could really eat. They could do any of the others. I don't think people would be mad, but I think people would probably for, prefer Makoto or Futaba, and then Jusuke sure. and Haru as the last two. Instead, if we in return, if we're choosing like who our fourth is going to be, yeah. Um, also, a catchy as well. I forgot about a catchy. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'd be down for it. I'd be down for Persona Five though in there. Yeah. Um. All right, let's do a few others real quick. What about let's do I'm gonna just throw out a few other random anime ones here. Um, how would you feel about One Punch Man? That might be interesting. I think it would be. I mean, I again I, I haven't watched One Punch Man, but one you thought, get sight, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, for like from from what I know of the series, that I think that would actually fit quite well. It it could. It, I mean, it just it would just be bizarre, you know. Just yeah. like you, Saitama out here with a gun, Geno's out here with a gun. <laughs> uh, 
those would be the two characters for sure. Maybe they throw Garu in there. Um, yeah. If they wanted to be fi- funny, they throw in Moomin Rider. If they wanted to be funny. Uh, that would be a good one. That would be a funny one. I'm also thinking about... I want to get a really... You know what? This one that just makes perfect sense. Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop just fits. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it, yeah 100% does. Like, no getting around that. Um... If we want to get a weird, weird anime one, we're just like, that doesn't make sense for this. But why not? Anything's possible. <laughs> Beastars. Let's throw I, Beastars in there. I can't even say I've heard of that anime. It's an animal-based anime. And it's an uh, animal, it's like, think of Zootopia, but more mature, more psychological, societal. Than everything. Yeah, and it's, it's a good show. Really good show. That would be a funny one to have in there. Um... All right, we're going to get, get away from anime ones real quick. We'll wrap this section up. Um, just with, I have a few other funny ones I wanted to throw out there. Uh, first up, Dr. Seuss. That, that would be interesting. Uh, that would actually be really funny. Let's get the cat in the hat. Yeah. Let's get Sam I Am. <laughs> Let's get the <laughs> Lorax out here. Oh, my God. Cat in the hat, he could be gliding down. His glider could be his hat. Yeah. His backpack could be a box that says thing one and thing two on it. <laughs> and then his axe thingy could be just one of his random tools that he pulls out. Just boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. That green Sam I am, his thing, his backpack could be green eggs and ham. Yeah. The Lorax, it would just be funny because he's all about saving the environment. You gotta be out here destroying the environment. I mean, I, I would imagine the Lorax's glider would just like he would take his mustache off his face and glide down on that and then put it back on. That's a great one. I like the sound of that. That would be really funny. What about um Toy Story? I would love Toy Story. Get Buzz. Uh, so hang on. You would, you would obviously have Buzz, Woody, Jesse, and Zerg maybe? I think Zerg is the, is the proper fit. Yeah, a Zerg, I, Zerg makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I I would 100% go around a Zerg. That'd be awesome. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that, that that would be good actually. I I, re, I actually really want that now. I uh, I really want that one too. What about Bob's Burgers and Archer? I've never seen either of those shows. You are doing a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Disservice to yourself. Both hilarious shows. Archer would totally fit Bob's Burgers just for the absurdity of seeing that family out here rolling around with guns and stuff. But <laughs> Archer would 100% fit, and I'm very surprised they actually have not gone for it already. Like, Archer is... It's, it's a spy show. It's a spy show. It's yeah. supposed to be, like, jokey and satire of, like, James Bond and everything. It just it just works. It just makes sense. Totally does. Um, and Speaking I think last... What? Yeah, you, you could have a James Bond crossover. You could have four different Bonds. You could do that. I imagine the licensing for that is yep, super expensive. But I mean, if you could get Star Wars, you could probably pull James Bond. Yeah. Um, all right, the last ones I'll throw out here. What about Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank? That, I think that would be a lot of fun, actually. It just works. It makes yeah. so much sense. The characters use guns. Yeah. Right. Clank is the backpack. Yeah. He's the backpack and the glider in one. 
Uh, that, I, that, that would actually be quite fun, I think. I, I, I actually kind of want that one now. Daxter could be the backpack or Jack's, um, or his hoverboard could be the backpack. Like, sure. I, but I, I, again, never, I've never played Jack and Daxter, so I, I don't know. But we don't have to fight. <laughs> People are just missing out on so much stuff. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Naughty Dog or someone, Sony, bring back Jack and Daxter, please. And thank you. Um, so, yeah, those are a number of crossovers. We would love to see in Fortnite. Yeah. Um, let us know down below in the comment section or hit us up on Twitter at Play to Win Game uh, or Instagram, also Play to Win Game. Let us know what like, crossovers you would love to see in Fortnite. I had a host of others written down. Like I had Seinfeld written down. <laughs> I had Simpsons. Like I had, a, I had a bunch of others written down that would be funny and weird to see. Um, yeah, the, it seems like the, anything is possible. Fortnite is just the meme that keeps on giving. Yeah, the, the only one other one I could think of was The Witcher 3. That might be fun. I thought about writing that, but then I didn't because I was trying to think of ones that could just be really weird and out there. Yeah. Uh, Witcher didn't seem necessarily all that weird and out there. Um, no. So yeah. Fun, fun conversation. I loved theorizing those things with you and just yeah. brainstorming and all like that. It's fun time. Yeah. Ep- epic. Take notes. Take notes. Give us Ratchet mm-hmm. Clank and Jack and Daxter. If any, please, those work with Sony. Sony, work with them. Let's make it happen. Please, yeah. please, and thank you. Let's talk about Sony some more, actually, right now, because we have official confirmation from Microsoft's mouth themselves that the PS4 sold more than twice as well as the Xbox One did. We all kind of assumed as much, but we now have the official confirmation from Microsoft themselves. Uh, In documents submitted by Microsoft to Brazil's national competition regulator, the company confirmed that Sony sold more than twice as many PS4s as the Xbox one um so because we now know that the final official total of ps4 sales is 117.2 million units this means that the xbox one sold less than about 58.5 million units and as the verge notes this lines up with market research by ampere in 2020 which had xbox one sales at 51 million units at the end of q quarter two of 2020 does it surprise you? I mean, not really. Like, I, 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 like, everyone knows that the the Xbox One, in terms of sales, was a huge disadvantage in comparison in comparison to the PS4. Yeah. So, like this, that this really doesn't surprise me that it has outperformed the the Xbox One by this much. So, no, not really. Yeah, it, not not really much of a surprise here either. I guess. I would have hoped that the Xbox One did better. It's it's a yeah. shame that it didn't do as well as it did, but its relative failure, I guess you could say, has resulted in the success that is the Xbox Series S and X right now. Yeah. Um, and how well those are doing, not just in terms of performance, but it's also just like reception and the mm-hmm. you know the way, just the the place where Microsoft is in terms of like gamers' mind share and all like that. You know, they've, I mean, they've been the market leader for next-gen consoles in the U.S. for three quarters. Granted, this, we're in a weird state in the world where supply yeah. is really constrained. So it's hard to really say, you know, that this is how things would have been had the pandemic not happened. Um, but even still, like, things are so much better for them now. But with this in mind, and again, pandemic in mind, things are getting better day by day, month by month. But yep. with all this in mind, 
How close do we think the gap is going to be for this generation between the PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles? I mean, I I, I still think that Sony is going to outperform Microsoft by quite a large margin. I don't think it's going to be as large as the PS4, Xbox One was, though. Because the... I suppose that the, the honestly the biggest disadvantage the Xbox One had was right from the start it was uh-huh. kind of off the back foot like it was off trying to repair some of the damage that Don Matrick and his team and and everything had had been going and well had done to the brand so whereas Sony had come out and just been like we're going to give you this feature and this feature and this awesome exclusive and this awesome exclusive and they were just they were killing it so right. <clears throat> so like I. I do think that Xbox is going to make up a lot of ground on this, well, in, in this generation, mainly due to one, the perception of, of their consoles from the offset and two, Game Pass. I think those are going to be two massive factors that that close the gap a bit. But like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Sony, because of that huge advantage they had last, ge- last generation, they're not going to capitalize on that and profit from that this generation as well. Yeah. I I'm definitely the mindset of you where I think I think it's going to be a close gap between the two platforms this this um this generation. Um and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be close because of the pandemic. I imagine that had the pandemic not happened, right? And had supply been in a much better state for these past mm. nearly 2 years at this point since the consoles came out. Yeah. I imagine that in my head, I'm thinking the PS5 would have been, would have had a greater lead than oh, it yeah. does currently against Xbox. Um, but right now, that lead, it's not a huge lead. I mean, they have a, I think they, they have a lead of sorts worldwide, yeah. but it's not a giant lead. It's not the lead that they would have liked to have, I imagine. Yeah. So I imagine without the pandemic had not happened, the lead would have been much larger. And Microsoft would have gained ground for sure over the generation, um, closing that gap more and more. But there would have been a bigger gap than there will be this than it will be as it is right now, because as it is right now, because the pandemic happened at the start, supply was already constrained for both platforms from the very beginning. Yep, and all, and that has allowed Microsoft to, you know. That's allowed them to really build up Game Pass and build up Xbox to the point where it's like, you know, as people are seeing Game Pass and Xbox be more appealing and everything, and as that, you know, as they're seeing this, more supply is being, you know, made and readily available for more people to go out and buy Xboxes. So it's like people's interest in Xbox is growing as a supply is growing as well, which is going to make it even harder for Sony to stay ahead. You know, you get what I mean? You get where my yeah. mind is at with this? Yeah. So and because I, of that, because right. of that, I just think that, how can I say it? Imagine this is like, this is a race, right? Yeah. Instead of Sony having a great, having, instead of Sony going off, right? And running or, let's, hold on, I'm trying, how can I make this analogy? Okay. Say we're in a car race, right? Yeah. Instead of both of them going off, except Sony's car ordinarily, would have gone zero to 60 and 2.5 seconds and Xboxes would have gone zero to 60 and 4.5 seconds. Now, because both their cars are hampered, they're both starting off at 
going to zero to 60 in five seconds instead. But so because they're both going to zero 60 in five seconds, like they're both right neck and neck with each other. And although Sony is going to get like a little bit ahead, Xbox is going to like, eh, well, actually, no, we're, we're catching up too. We're catching up and we're, we're getting there. Like we're going to get yeah. real close to you. You get, you get what I mean? That type of analogy. Yeah. You're making? yeah. And I, I think that like, I think that three main factors I think are going to impact like the, the, this generation going forward. One is you have the series S, which it kind of like in my opinion the way that i have seen a lot of people talk about it is kind of like a gateway because uh-huh. series x's are like you like yes they're becoming more and more available but you are more likely to find a series s than you are a series x and because people are desperate for a next gen console the see like if you're looking for a series x then you have the money for a series s and if you can't find one then you might be like you know, well, I'll just, I'll buy this now and then trade it in when I can find, you know, a Series X or something like that. I've I've actually seen more people than you would think use that strategy as like a, a gateway into, into next-gen consoles. Two is uh, Game Pass. Like, I'll, I'll couple that with acquisitions because the I think the Activision Blizzard acquisition, if that goes through, will be a colossal boon for Microsoft in for sure. terms of one game pass subscriptions but two i also think console sales because people will start again i said it last week maybe or the week before like if you already have a playstation you're not going to go out and buy a, a, a an xbox just to play college of you on game pass but like you said for people who are still deciding or the people who want to get both this might be a, a push to you know move up that timeline a little bit um the one thing that i think is going to hinder them massively unless they can fix it is exclusives because they still like okay i was going to say they still don't really have any which is a lie because they do there's but, a lot in the pipeline but we mean like yeah. quality good good first like, party titles exactly like that's the thing is like you can pump out a hundred exclusives a year if none of them are good who cares like right the the reason that sony is doing so well is one they make impeccable first party party exclusives and th- and two they are very smart when it comes to pairing up with people to make exclusives so mm-hmm. that's that's why sony has such a massive lead over microsoft last generation it's showing a little bit this generation again like you said if, if you know things are different than i imagine it'd be showing a lot but it's showing a little in sales numbers and the fact that we have or, or we have had four, I think, like solid first party party exclusives from Sony since the PS5 launched. I mean, we've had Miles Morales. Uh, you had Demon Souls, if you want to count that. There's Astro's Playroom, which comes with the console. There's Returnal. There's Horizon. There is, if you want to include, that's just first party, specifically first party, right there. Yeah. Um, if you want to start getting into like associations then that brings up um kana that brings up death loop if you want to count that um there's been quite a number of first party of like sony exclusives but first party specifically horizon gran turismo 7 even if there was a controversy um ratchet miles demon souls astros they've been doing well with their first party exclusives 
Yeah, yeah, and, and you're away to have God of War in, in a few months, which, like, let's be honest, you can probably just take that off the box of impeccable exclusive list. Like, Right, and then the next Spider-Man as well when that comes. Yeah, yeah. so, like, so they have, consist- have been consistently releasing solid exclusives, whereas Microsoft, you had ha- Halo Infinite, you had... I would count Halo Infinite as a solid exclusive. Like it, it's 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 a good game. Yeah. Um, and Forza then your Forza, Forza, Forza Horizon Five, Psychonauts Two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I missing any? You're the Xbox guy. You tell me. I don't think I am. I'm not sure. I can't. I'm blanking off the top of my head. Yeah. So so am I really? But so you don't. You haven't had as many solid first party exclusives as, as Sony. So like and like you say there is a lot of stuff in the pipeline. Like honestly, far too much stuff that is in the pipeline with like undisclosed release dates or release windows or like Just knowing you know, what no, it is. <laughs> ex- exactly. Like that's that's the problem is we don't know half of the stuff. Like had they've shown us half of the stuff they're working on probably. And we uh-huh. don't know what half of it is. So that's that's the problem, and that's what's going to hinder them this generation. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 a matter of... I don't know if I'd say that it's going to hinder them long-term, because, I mean, these problems will be solved, I imagine, in the soon, in the near future. Uh, and again, all these things are thrown out of whack because of the pandemic. But I think that it, it'll, be clo- it'll be tough to see... It'll be tough to say who will be on top. I imagine probably Sony... I would. Yeah. I don't think it's impossible or out of the realm of possibility for Microsoft to be on top, though, between these two. And if there is a gap, the gap, I imagine, will probably be closer to what it was like in the PS3 360 generation, where like 360 was on top for a while, but then PlayStation came and squeaked past it at the end. Yeah. As opposed to like the giant lead PlayStation had from the start for the PS4 Xbox One generation. Like, yeah. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a close a close competition this generation that's what i imagine it's going to be like but regardless of who comes out on top we're all going to be winners because both companies are doing yep. absolutely just like tremendously well uh in terms of just again games even if you want to look at microsoft like and eh, like like you guys got a whole lot to prove to us they do have an exciting future teed up for them um that is they just need to deliver on sony we we already know that they can deliver quality on a consistent yeah. basis. Their plat- they're both their consoles are really good. Uh, they're making exciting moves. So it's an exciting time to be a PlayStation fan, Xbox fan. They're both doing well. Everyone's doing well. Uh, so we're all winners at the end of the day. That's yeah. why we play to win. Uh, Smart. Clever. You liked that, didn't you? Yeah. Good one. Well done. One right there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It is time now for us to go over our brief mentions, and we have quite a bit of them. So we're going to get right into them, and I'm going to try to get through them as quickly as I can, because <laughs> it's quite a bit, and some of these have details to them. Uh, first up, first and foremost, there was a Kotaku report by CC Jang this week uh, on sexual harassment that's been faced by the contract testers over at Nintendo of America. Uh, it's an interesting read. Please go give it a read. Uh, I'm, we didn't really talk about it the main as a main story this week, just because it's there's a lot to go dig into there and all. Yeah. There's already a lot to talk about, but it's definitely recommended reading. Please go and read it. I'd say required reading, I should say. Uh, so go check that out. Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser sent out a message to employees. Uh, I believe the same day that this report came up, 
stating that Nintendo is, quote, actively investigating, end quote, uh, these claims of sexual harassment over at the company. Uh, so Nintendo needs to do better. Uh, yep. You know, as, I, as we've said before, assume all, part, all companies are guilty until proven otherwise. No one is innocent yep. in this business. Modern Warfare 2's campaign will be available a week early for digital pre-orders, which is fantastic for me because I was planning to pre-order it digitally anyway. <laughs> um, so that's great for me. It also changes my timeline on how I'll be doing the review for that game because it comes out a week early. I could do the campaign, knock that out real quick. And then when multiplayer comes out in the, on the full release on the 28th, I can just bing, bam, boom, yeah. jump right into it. Wait, I don't have to waste much time with the campaign. So no, good stuff. Good stuff there. You excited for Modern Warfare 2 in the campaign? Yeah, like 100% the game I'm most looking forward to this year. Wow, more than Ragnarok. Surprise, surprise. Uh, game, what, you had something to say? No, no, just... I'm, 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 call, I'm, I'm a just, call guy. I'm just surprised. Uh, game Pass for August. The second wave of titles has been announced. Uh, I'm going to skip over one of them because I have a little bit something to say about it at the end. Uh, Coffee Talk is already on there for Cloud Console and PC on August 23rd. Midnight Fight Express is coming to Cloud Console and PC. Exapunks is coming to PC on the 25th of August. Opus Echo of Star Sun Full Bloom Edition comes to console and PC on the 25th as well. On August 30th, we get Commandos 3 HD Remaster for Cloud Console and PC. Immortality on the 30th for Cloud for Cloud Series X and S and PC. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising the same day, Cloud Console PC, and Tinykin on the 30th for console and PC. Plus, multiple classic Bethesda and id software games were added to PC Game Pass. These were announced um, during QuakeCon earlier in the week. Yep. Uh, good list right there. The very surprising one, though, Death Stranding on yeah. PC Game Pass on August 23rd. Um, this was teased on the PC Game Pass Twitter account this week uh, as like the profile picture. They changed the profile picture a couple times. The first time, each time was just like a landscape shot from Death Stranding, but people put it together instantly, which <laughs> side note, I like, I, I get why marketing people do this, why marketing campaigns do this. We're like, we're going to tease something that's super obvious and just like yeah. draw out the mystery for an entire week just to have people talking. Like, I get it, but like, if you know people are going to know exactly what it is within five minutes of looking at it, just yeah. announce the thing that same day. No need to drag on the mystery just to say it like days later. Like I get it's to get people talking and have it in the discussion and the mindset, but yeah, it's silly in my book. It's a different thing where it's something where if you don't know, like if there's actual mystery to it, it's like, what is this? But like people put that this was death straining within five minutes of this being noticed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm actually really excited about that because one of the games I was planning on picking up when I got my new P, well, when I built my new PC was Death Stranding, and now I don't have to buy it. Neat, cool. I don't. It's, it's not the director's cut though. It's the regular. It's the original version of the yeah. game. Um, don't know if that matters any which way for people, but it is an important distinction to note. Uh, it's cool. I still want to play Death Stranding. Just haven't gotten around to it. One of these days I will. Uh, a lot of people were talking. They were like, "PlayStation IP on PC Game Pass. How is this possible?" And it's like it's published by a different company on PC, which is why it's on PC Game Pass, not Xbox yeah. Game Pass. Because on X on PlayStation on console, Sony published it, which is why you will not see it on Xbox Game Pass. Yep. 
That is the only <laughs> reason. Um, but still, cool, awesome way for a lot of more people to play this game and, you know, give it a try because it was a divisive game when it came out. As we discovered when we did uh, the game review review a couple weeks ago, uh, or I guess the game review a couple weeks ago, you know, yeah. and I had mixed discussion. Overwatch 2 will have cross-progression. Current Overwatch players can merge their accounts now, though, so that all their progress in cosmetics carry over to Overwatch 2 when it releases on October 4th, which is very good. A Star Wars Jedi art book and a new Star Wars Jedi novel set between Fallen Order and Survival have been announced. Uh, the novel is titled Battle Scars, and it sets a release on March 3rd. The art book comes out in May, I believe, or April. It comes out later in the year. Um, but according to Jeff Grubb, Jedi Survivor is also set to release in March as well. Little interesting right there. Yeah. Little tease. Not official. Maybe we'll officially find this information out at the Disney and Marvel Games Showcase that's been announced for September 9th at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. UK. Uh, at this showcase, we can expect new game announcement announcements from Disney, Marvel, and Pixar, including updates on Midnight Suns, Amy Hennig's Marvel game, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, Disney Dreamlight Valley, amongst other things. I do yeah. not expect Kingdom Hearts stuff to be here at all in any way, shape, or form. Nomura already said it's going to be a while before we hear from about that game again. Yeah. Don't expect that Kingdom Hearts fans, if anything, maybe you get like an announcement, like concept art of Star Wars and Kingdom Hearts, like we did for Big Hero 6 a years yeah. ago when that was first announced. <laughs> maybe that's the most we expect. I was not expecting Amy Hennig's game, though. That's no. exciting. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Whatever we get from this about that, I'm that's what I'm most excited about right now. Uh, Black Adam and Stripe have been confirmed for Multiverses' um, first season, which is cool for those fans. Yeah. Also, Multiverses was the best-selling game of July in the U.S. Xenoblade Chronicles Three was the fourth best-selling game of the month, and it was the best-selling game on the Switch, which is. Mm absolutely amazing congratulations yeah. to xenoblade chronicles for that congrats to multiverses as well being the best-selling game of july um, yeah. that was due to the founders pack that you can buy because uh, the game is free to play but the founders pack i think is like 40 bucks or something like that yeah. so good on them for that the those those, well, those are the only npd things we're going to talk about this week because the npds for july really were not surprising like the first the top 10 games were basically the same that they've been for a while. Like yeah. nothing was really all that significant over there. It wasn't too much new or surprising. Uh, more sales talk got going on here. Elden Ring, another update on that, has sold 16.6 million copies as of June 2022. It was previously reported that the game had sold 13.4 million copies in its first month of release, that being February 25th to March 25th. So it's gone up a good 3.2 million copies since March which is pretty good. I should, yeah. I should say so myself. I will be adding one copy to that count at some point in time over the coming months because <laughs> I do intend to play that game. Uh, Cult of the Lamb, the new indie game that dropped this week, has surpassed 1 million players in just a week. Congratulations to that game. That game turned yeah. out to be like a surprise hit that I was not expecting in any way, shape, or form. And a lot of people are putting it up there as like a goatee contender. Yeah, no, I got it. This this is one game that I actually really want to play, but it's not in Game Pass, so not right now. Mm, I see, I see. Interesting. Yeah, I don't really have too much interest in it, but I'm keeping my eye on it. I'm keeping my eye on it. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is now Sony's second biggest PC launch with a peak player count of 66,436 players coming in behind God of War, which had a peak of 73,529 players, which is 
We expected it to be a huge launch. Of course, yeah. it was huge. Not too surprising, but again, shows that Sony making moves into PC was the right move for that company to make. Exactly. Also adding on to this though, PC users have discovered references to a PlayStation PC launcher in the files. Well, and I said that weird. In the files for Marvel Spider-Man Remastered. And like in those references and all, like there's reference to uh, like PSN account management and like merging your and linking your account, your PSN account. Mm. So it kind of has people wondering, is there going to be the possibility for cross buy or cross save down the line with, uh, with would this good. eventual P- PlayStation PC launcher? And will it be required? You know, will, will they kind of go down the route of you could only buy our PlayStation games on PC using our launcher? Or will it be like an optional thing? You know, like how's it going to work and all like that? So, Again, Sony is committed to PC. They they see the they see that it's you know it's good for their business, so they're continuing to go down that route. Good for them. Yep. Kane of Bridge of Spirits is coming to Steam, and it is also getting a big free update to celebrate its anniversary on September twenty seventh. That's also when it's coming to Steam. Um, this update, I only I thought this update was like okay, cool, whatever. But then I watched the trailer. It's actually pretty neat. <laughs> uh, the update adds new rot hats. It adds some outfits for Kana, spirit guide trials, and enhanced photo mode, which looks awesome. Accessibility features, charm stones, which are basically like gameplay enhancing features, um, and new game plus, which also comes with new abilities, new enemies, and stuff. Like, it's a substantial update, which honestly I believe was like just. It's going to be kind of like playing a brand new game. Like, if you have not played it yet, this is going to be like just. Wait until this comes out and then play it. I promise you it's going to yeah. be awesome. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Like I, I bought it on PS5 ages ago and I, I have, I think I played like maybe half an hour of it. So I might just wait to play it again until this happens. Yeah. I'd say once the update comes out, restart it, go from there. It, it yeah. looks like it's going to make it a whole lot, like make it a much better game. Uh, three more brief mentions here. First up, High on Life has been delayed from October 25th to December, 20, to December 13th. Getting my numbers mixed up. <laughs> So it's still coming out in 2022. It has not yeah. been pushed to next year, thankfully. Uh, the name and release date for the next Tales from the Borderlands game has leaked, as well as the release date for Dead Island 2. So this all came from Amazon, interestingly enough. The next Tales from the Borderlands game is called New Tales from the Borderlands, and it is potentially, potentially releasing on October 21st. And Dead Island 2 is potentially releasing on February 3rd, 2023. Um, each of these Amazon listings, they had like the game synopsis, pricing information, box art. <laughs> um, Dead Island 2 had like official like screenshots and everything. So like this is all but official confirmed information. Mm. Would not be surprised if any of this gets announced at Gamescom opening night live um, this coming week. So yeah, we should be hearing all about this very, very soon. Uh much sooner than I expected for Dead Island 2 and Tales of the Borderlands, to be quite yeah. honest. Well, I mean, I, I I, honestly didn't think Dead Island 2 was coming out at this point. Like, I mean, th- that game... that what? Okay, you, you keep going with brief mentions. I'm going to look up some. Well, there's only one brief mention left. That being that Sony is working on a Days Gone movie. The game that's not good enough for a sequel, but we could make a movie out of it. <laughs> um, I actually think a Days Gone movie could be pretty good. Not saying it'll be great. I think it could be good at best, though. Set your yeah. expectations. Yeah, I mean, interesting. They were like, we don't want a second game, but we'll make a movie about it. I, I mean, again, I 
the story is there. The story is yeah. there for a good movie. So, um, just for context, the well, Dead Island Two was revealed on the twelfth of June, twenty fourteen. It'll be nine years. So, like, yeah, you 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 will essentially be talking a decade between announcement and release. People have waited longer for games. Yeah, fair. Look at Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Granted, that turned out to be a hot mess. Hopefully, that's not the case with Dead Island Two. Yeah, I mean, I I hope so, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I hope it's good. I never played the first one. I wanted to, never got around to it. Maybe Same. I'll pick up Dead Island Two. I still got to play Dying Light too. So, too many games, not enough time. But yep. hopefully, Dead Island Two ends up looking good when we actually get a look at the game and everything. Let's wrap it up. Our brief mentions, though. We're all done with that. We're all yep. done with news for the episode. It's time to talk about games we've been playing this week. And Karen, you only got the one. All reliable yep. over here. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the the tried and tested favorite. Uh, I played uh, like maybe five games of Overwatch spread out over like three days. Just like I <laughs> like I've honestly, when I haven't been like down helping with building work, I've just like enjoyed kind of relaxing for a week not really like wanting to do anything just kind of chilling out taking my mind off everything that's going on and just kind of existing so <laughs> i am a i am a being in this massive universe <laughs> yeah and i exist I, amongst the stars i mix the I, I exist amongst everyone else here yeah I, I i i am a i am a dot in the cosmic phenomena that is the universe exactly what was it that dr strange said in multiverse of madness in the grand in the grand calculus of the cosmos of the multiverse it's like yeah it's sec- like basically Someone like that, yeah you're just like a being in the grand calculus of the yeah. multiverse yeah yeah so like um i've i i i wanted to play more but like i mean like i say i was just like you know i'm, I'm just gonna kind of exist this week i, I think i'm just gonna take take like a state step back from everything and just kind of be here so uh i don't really have anything to say about over I, I, I mean i wanted to put something on my list because i didn't have anything last week so i was like you know what i'll just i'll play some overwatch nothing exciting i got like three or four wins as diva out of the five games i played so like it's fun looking forward to overwatch too it's all reliable it's all reliable yeah. you yeah. know what i just noticed you're wearing a t-shirt that says brooklyn Am I? Does that not oh, say Brooklyn? Well, I I think it does. It says Brooklyn. It says Atlantic Avenue, which is not too oh. far from my house. Oh well. Then. I wonder uh, what brand is that shirt. What brand is that shirt? Do you know? I, I I have honestly have no idea. I think I just randomly got it out of like a supermarket or something one day. Interesting. I just I just noticed. I was like, huh, that's a, <laughs> that says Brooklyn. All righty then. Just just a little factoid there. Yeah. Cool. All Reliable came in clutch for Kieran this week. Yeah. Uh, I played three games this week. Say I, so I, I dug into Tales of Arise. I am not done with it. Like I said last week, I knew I wouldn't be done with it. Um, but I am, I'm at a point where I, I believe it's a point of no return where if okay. I do this next thing, I am off Dana entirely and I can't come back <laughs> for quite a while. So I basically spent the, like the day I played Tales of Arise just doing as many side quests as I possibly yeah. could, getting a bunch of experience and CP and all. So no story progress, really. Um, but I'm at this point now where, okay, the next thing I'm going to do is 
give my give all my characters some new skills using skill points and then we are going to go off dana go to lenigus and do stuff up there and see where the story takes us having a fun time with that now more exciting i played some bloodborne and i'd say i played a fair amount of bloodborne yeah and i will I've, say well what were you gonna say i was just gonna say i've like like whenever i've hopped on discord this week to like go through messages and stuff i've seen that you've been playing bloodborne i'm like oh interesting yeah, I, I mean, I only played it, I think, two days this week. Because I think we recorded when? Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. Yeah. So I played some Bloodborne Sunday. And then I played some Bloodborne Monday. I, between Sunday and Monday, I played both Bloodborne and Tales of Arise. Didn't mix up the two of them. Um, yeah. I haven't played anything since then. But um, I'm really liking Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking it more than I did before. I... Hey, you want to know my sign of progress? I made it past the first area. I never made it past the first area the first time I played this game years ago. Like, when I say for, past the first area, like, I made it to, there's a bridge in the game where you get to this bridge and there are, like, these two wolf-like creatures on it, right? Make it to that bridge. You can go, you can fight them and go past them, or you can go down these stairs on the bridge that leads like this underground, like um, sewer type section. First time I made it to the play through the game, I made it there, died in that section, and then could never get past it. Never could get past it. Never even saw the first boss. None of that stuff. This time, I'm playing smart. I'm being wise. You know, like hit, hit, hit dodge dodge hit hit <laughs> dodge dodge paying attention to moves being cautious baiting enemies towards me instead of just walking into a death trap where i'm going to be stuck and yep. like kind of screwed i baited to the first boss it took me i think three tries to beat the first boss beat him so, like, um father, father like, yes yeah. yes and i kind of use like a bit of a glitch but it doesn't matter well, not a glitch more of an exploit <laughs> where there is a there's a set of gravestones. Like you find them like in a graveyard, and um, there's one set of gravestones where like they're they kind of form like a bit of a wall between you and him. You can both hit each other between the wall, right? Like through the wall. Yeah. Uh, like the, there's no collision there. The, your weapons they they go right through it. But like I basically made it so that I was always on one side and he was always on the other side trying to hit me. Basically, just like using, you know, like distance and aggro, <laughs> so that like yeah. if I saw he was going too to far toward one end, I'm like, let me go to the other end, bait him around, <laughs> and just keep him on that side. So I did that to like the entire first phase of his fight, and then the second phase, he basically becomes like this beast, and it's you can't do that anymore. So yeah. then it's a matter of like hit, hit, and dodge and dodge. So beat him, passed him, and I'm like, all right, fantastic. And went to the second area, and I was exploring stuff in there. And then I made it to Old Yarnum, where I, uh, you know, discovered this hunter guy there who basically said, hey, you're, you're a good hunter. Did you not see the sign, though? Leave, or I will kill you. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I want to keep this point scary. He's like, all right, you here. I'm going to have to kill you. So <laughs> he's basically in a tower and constantly firing this, like, ballista at you, essentially, the entire time you're in the area. Um as long as you're in view of him. And I was like, all right, I'm trying to go up there and kill him. Said, you know, see what I can do. Get up to him. He is a, he is a pain. He is <laughs> super hard to fight, super hard to kill. So um, looked it up online. I think because 
if you entered old Yarnum from the back entrance, where like he wouldn't have seen you, you wouldn't have to fight him unless you antagonized him. Because I came in from the front entrance and he saw me and he told me to leave and I did not leave and he's telling me to fight him. And he's like, all right, now I'm gonna fight you. He is now antagonized against me. I believe there might be a way to de-antagonize him. I'm not sure. But essentially, I should not explore Old Yarnum anymore now because it's not <laughs> going to do much good for me going in there anymore. Um, so yeah, I kind of left off trying to fight him and dying. I was like, all right, cool. I'll put you on pause. At that point, I went to more Tales of Rise just to get to where I am in it right now. Because yeah. I knew Roller Drum was the next day. I am very much enjoying Bloodborne though. And my enjoyment of Bloodborne told me, you're going to pick up Elden Ring at this point, at some point this year. You're going to pick yeah. up Elden Ring and play it because you are enjoying this game. <laughs> Yeah, I like if you want any proof that I'm not good at video games, I could never beat Gascoigne. Like I I think I tried like fifty times at least and I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah, it's it's he it's crazy. He's actually he was actually not as hard as I thought he was gonna be. Like you you if you go back and look at the club I use, you just gotta like just gotta use that exploit. Use that exploit I use if you ever do go best the game. Yeah. Or anyone for that matter. Just use those gravestones. Use the gravestones for like the first half of the fight. Honestly, use those gravestones for the first half of the fight. If he doesn't hit you much with his guns, you could get through it without losing too much health. You can probably get through it damage free if you're if you're do if you're smart with your dodging and if you don't really get hit by his bullets, you can get through it fairly unscathed. And then the second phase of the fight, when he turns into the giant beast, that's when you got to more so just, all right, roll, <laughs> dodge out the way. <laughs> Yeah. Be careful with your hits. Um, I more so you kept my because I used I have the trick axe or the trick scythe, whatever it is. Um, I have that as my weapon. So I for this whole fight, I basically kept it in the extended form, not the short yeah. form, because the short form is better for close-up encounters. Um, but I kept it basically in extended form that way I had more reach and I could hit from a bit more of yeah. a distance and then dodge back. So yeah, once it becomes big, it's really a matter of all right. Get in your get in like two hits, maybe three hits whenever you can, and then dodge out the way. Do your do whatever dodges you need to do, and then hit, hit, dodge back. Like it's all really not getting greedy with your attacks, even no matter how close you are to him being dead. Don't get greedy because if you get greedy, that is how you will die. Yeah, that was what will lead to your death. And I imagine it's probably what happened when you were playing. Maybe you probably were getting like, oh, greedy. yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm very excited for Bloodborne. And that that's the game that's gonna make me. It told me after I played, I was like, "Yep, I'm getting Elden Ring." I was always on the fence early this year. I will get Elden Ring this year, <laughs> at some point. Some point in the coming months, I'm gonna play it for sure. So the other game that I played this week was Roller Drum. Just came out on the 16th, which was Tuesday, not Monday. The day it's recorded, that the day the episode went live last week. Like I said, erroneously, that was my mistake. Um, came on the 16th on Tuesday. And let me tell you, I, I figured this game was going to be cool when we first saw it in the state of play earlier in the summer. This game is so freaking cool <laughs> and so good. Oh my God. Did not expect to actually enjoy this game as much as I did. Karen, what do you, what do you know about Rollerdrome? What do you, how excited are you for Rollerdrome? Were you interested in Rollerdrome? 
uh like as as soon as i am able to buy games again this is the first game i am buying like like i i am very excited to play this game it looks awesome like i'm like i'm watching the, the gameplay now and like it just it just looks like a good time it is it is a good time it is a chaotic time it is a hectic time and it's an absolute blast so let me break this down for you all the best i can first up i am reviewing this game um, I'm in the process of doing my review now. If all goes according to plan, my review will be out on Monday, the same day that this episode goes live. So if you mm -hmm. have not already, um, go check out the review, assuming it's up at this point in time. It should be. If not, it will be up like within a day or two of this episode going live. Definitely go check out my review, though, um, of the game. I'm, I'm not going to say what my score is right now because I'm still a bit undecided but i feel like i know what i'm going to score it um that being said i'm very i'm very high on this game so roller jumps premise essentially it's a dystopia future so i think it's like 2030 or 2033 it's in the 2030s essentially um roller is a sport uh that was taken the world by storm and you play as kara hassan who is a rookie to the sport um who's competing and presumably to get rid of all this debt that she has accrued. Uh, and the story of the game, it's really light, the amount of story that's in the game. Like, there's only three, maybe four narrative sections in this game. And each of those narrative sections takes place at the very beginning of, uh, at the beginning of each tournament bracket, right? So the beginning of the tournament bracket, it's the opening stages. Then there are the, the quarterfinals, then the semifinals, and then the finals, right? The first stage in each of, those each of those brackets, there's a short narrative section that you can go through in which you're in first person and you're just like in the small space. And there are little bits, like little things in the environment for you to go and read and look at that give you context for what's going on in the world and the story at this point in time. It's very light, but it's interesting. It's intriguing. Um, and I really liked like the little glimpses it gives you of what's going on in the world and all like that, of like just what this world is like and what's going on um, outside of the arena that you're in, outside the mini arenas you're in, I should say. Uh, it's an intriguing story, nothing too crazy, um, but I liked it. The main draw of the game though is the gameplay, is the roller drum matches themselves. And as you can see, they are intense <laughs> they yeah, are like wild it. um the one that we got going on here this is one of the later ones i think this is the final one in the quarterfinals i believe if no this is the final one in the semifinals i believe uh so at this point like all the enemy types are here you have all the weapons available to you and it's just a matter of all right get it through it as best i can <laughs> so the game starts off pretty simple. Uh, you know, you have your training and everything. And the core gameplay, it's all about constant movement, constant action, constantly doing things, doing cool things and looking cool as you do them. Um, and I say that like, like on a surface level, but like that's at the core of the game. So movement is very simple. You move, like you press forward on the left stick to move forward. And that's it. You don't need to move the left stick anymore to move forward. Like you're already going. So you don't need to be holding forward to constantly move forward. Once you press it once, you're going. 
the only reason you need to move the left stick anymore is to turn side to side. That is it. Okay. Um, so it's very simple like that. X is your jump. If you hold X, if you hold and let go of X at the right time when you're like on a, like a half pipe or anything, that'll get you air and all while you're in the air. Square is the button that you use for like doing grabs and all while you're, um, for any of your tricks. Okay. Triangle is your button for doing grinds. And then circle is your dodge. And R1 is the button you'd use to like do any rolls and all like that while you're in the air. Very simple controls. And R2 is your is your shoot button. That's how you shoot your guns. Yeah. Um, and the different arrows are how you switch between your weapons. So up arrow is your dual pistols. Right is your shotgun. Down is your rifle. Left is your grenade launcher. Simple. Very, very simple, right? So um, all of your weapons, they have a shared ammo pool. So once you run out of ammo in one of your guns, you're out of ammo in all your guns. Each weapon has a different amount of ammo though, right? So the grenade launcher only has two shots. If you use one grenade launcher shot that wouldn't go back to your pistol, you'll still have pistol ammo left, but it won't be the full clip. You'll only have like yeah. a fraction of the amount of ammo. Um, the way you get ammo back though is by performing tricks. So you are constantly shooting people and then doing a trick. You should always be doing a trick when you are moving around, whether it be just you know, while you're doing a regular, um, like regular, regular skating, right? You do, do a real small jump in a, in a grab and a spin, right? That'll get you a few bullets that you need. Um, do a dodge that, um, that'll be like, not a regular dodge, but a perfect dodge, which is like if you dodge an enemy attack at the right time, that'll get you a few bits of ammo and all, right? Um, you should always be doing tricks because that is that's how you get your ammo back. Um, if you're not doing a trick, you're doing things wrong. <laughs> so that's that's like at the core bit of the game. There are other layers to it where there are other there are like different types of tricks you can do. So like it's not just like there's not only one type of grab and one type of grind to do, right? Like if you do different directional inputs, like if you do right twice on the left on the analog stick and square that's one type of grab or if you do right twice and triangle that's one type of grind and like there's different types of grinds and grabs to do but they're not required for you to actually do well in the game like they just that's just extra style and you get more points for doing them you don't need to do any of them though and that's what's so cool about i think at on one level about the game is that it's very simple to learn like you can pick up and play this game. Well, you can pick this game up, understand the controls pretty quickly and not have to do like the more extravagant type of tricks or anything like that um, to get by. Here's the thing though. The game does not, all of the game is simple to learn. It's not easy to master. You, it does take effort and the game kind of demands that you learn how to play it and learn each of yeah. its mechanics because the way that, the way that the game's progression works is you once you get to um each tournament bracket right you have one level open to you the way you unlock all the levels in one bracket is just by completing the level the way you unlock new brackets though in the tournament is by completing a certain amount of challenges Every level okay. has 10 challenges to complete, right? Yeah. And of course, the easier levels have easier challenges. The harder levels have harder challenges because there's more for you to do. Some of the challenges are as simple as 
um, collecting five um, combo tokens, which are like orange tokens in the environment. You just pick them up, cool, you got it. Um, some of them are perform this specific trick at a trick token that's in the environment. Some of them are like defeat, um, beat this enemy using this weapon or beat this enemy um, before you hit the ground, right? Um, then there are other challenges that are like beat the beat the round, beat the level within a certain amount of time or beat it with this high score, right? But like reach this specific score. Yeah. When you beat In order to complete some of these challenges, you need to get good at the game. So you need to get good at understanding what enemies are weak to certain weapons, how to take down certain enemies quickly. You need to understand the perfect dodge mechanic because the perfect dodge mechanic, um, like I said, that's the one where you dodge an enemy attack at the right time. When you do that, it gives you a strength boost. Well, no, it doesn't give you a strength boost. When you, when you dodge at the right time, if you aim, because when you aim, you enter something called reflex time, which basically slows down everything, yeah. which is based, that's essentially the way you need to play this game. Slow down time so you can properly shoot at people. If you enter your reflex time, which is on a recharge, if you enter it right after doing a perfect dodge, if you end up having stronger bullets for a short period of time okay. while your reflex time is going on. So you need to get good at doing that because that allows you to kill enemies faster and allows you to take out certain enemies in one shot with certain weapons. So there is an enemy in the game that has like a laser, right? And they charge it up and they shoot the laser at you. They're the ones where you might have seen the footage. There's like a blue beam kind of like yeah. targeted on me. When that blue beam turns white, if you, dodge at the, if you dodge at that moment in time, it's a perfect dodge. If you shoot them in your super reflex time with your um, rifle, with your fully charged rifle shot, it takes them out in one hit. If you don't shoot them with that at any other point in time, they only take like a certain amount of damage and then they disappear. Yeah. It appears somewhere else on the um, in the arena. Okay. Um, enemies such as like the big guys that have the um, that have like the missile launchers and all, like the big yeah. bulky looking guys. The best way to take them out is with your pistols. Just unload a full clip of your pistol ammo into them. If you stop shooting them at any point in time with any weapon, they have a shield come up around them. So you have to know, okay, if I'm shooting them, I need to, you know, dump all my bullets into them. Yeah. It takes a full clip normally, but if you're using your super reflex time after a perfect dodge, it only takes a couple shots instead. Or you could use any other gun on them, actually, and probably take them out in one shot. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah I'm following. So like... It's a lot to process all the, all at once, unlike some of these matches, especially the harder matches where you have everyone coming at you. You have missiles flying at you from one person. You have five snipers targeted at you at the same time. There's mines being dropped down that you have to dodge over. It's a whole lot happening. There's a stomper coming down. You got to get out their way at the right time. It is insane, the chaos that's happening. And it can be overwhelming at times. But... As like, because you have these challenges in the missions, at first for me, the challenges were annoying. I was like, really? My progression is gated by doing the challenges, it's annoying. But it's actually doing, because of that, you end up replaying levels, right? And yeah. as you end up replaying these levels, 
you understand the levels better. You understand the game mechanics better. You understand um, the enemies better and how best to take them out. You get better by replaying these missions to complete these challenges. And it's actually good that the game gates your progress by the challenges in an odd way, because if it didn't do that and just let you go on to the next set of levels that are definitely a step up in difficulty, yeah. it, would, it would feel far more overwhelming and far more difficult than they are if, when you are actually properly prepared to go into them. Because by replaying the levels and over and over, your skill, you get better at the game, you get more comfortable. Yeah. So when you get to these levels where, all right, now we're going to introduce another enemy type and give you another weapon. Now you are like, okay, I can handle a regular amount of enemies. We're throwing a new set at me. Let me see how I can take these guys out. Let me see what I can do with the, like, you know, with my improved skills and abilities. You get what I mean? Like yeah. it, it works in a way where ordinarily it'd be frustrating, but it's actually not that bad. And the thing is, you don't need to complete every single challenge to unlock the next set of brackets. Like there's only a certain amount you need to complete. And even like some of the harder ones that you have to complete in some of the levels, you can either A, go for them, or you might even complete them unknowingly, like just by, you know, repeating yeah. levels. And what I found myself doing was, okay, I need to complete five more challenges to unlock the next bracket. Let me go back to a level and aim for these two. I'm going to go for this challenge this time yeah. on, the, on my rerun of this, or I'm going to go for this, these two challenges this time. Try to knock both these out at once. And sometimes I would end up knocking out three or four at the same time. And just like unknowingly, like, oh, I didn't know I was going to get that, but I got it this time. And again, it was frustrating at first, but once I let myself understand, okay, just focus on one at a time. Focus on one at a time. Pay attention to people's moves. Dodge. Focus on the dodging. Get that right. Get, get the perfect dodges down. Pay attention to how enemies, how it's best to take down enemies. Once I actually understood all that and wrapped my head around it, things clicked. And when it clicked, it was good. And I was off on a <laughs> roll and this game just delivered and delivered and delivered. I like, I liken it somewhat, somewhat similar to Sifu earlier this year. Okay. These are both games that are not necessarily easy. They start off easy, but they're not easy games. They are games that kind of like borderline require you to master their mechanics yeah. and like understand what their mechanics are and really how to properly use them. Rollerdrome is just more, it's nowhere near as difficult as Sifu was though. Cause Sifu it's, that's basically a brawler fighting game with so many different move combos that you need to do and um, enemy one-on-one -on -one move memorization and everything. And the roguelike elements of that game that make it far more brutal than Rollerdrome is. Rollerdrome is, more on the casual end of you need to master our mechanics, but we're still going to, it's still a game where you just have fun. Yeah. You need to master our mechanics, but you don't need to like, know. you don't need to do every single trick in this game and know how to do every single trick in order to win or succeed. As long as you know how to do your basic tricks and how to know the basic mechanics of this game, master those and you're fine. So, I think because of that, it's an easier game, even though, even though there are comparisons to seafood that can't be made in terms of like difficulty yeah. and overwhelmingness and stuff. All that said, there's a lot of rambling. 
Karen, you got any questions for me about this game? Please tell me. Um, the, the the one of the ones I thought so you were explaining like it like you're kind of forced into like replaying levels and stuff. Do you think that makes the game better in terms of like? I was gonna say like preparing you for the later game, but that might be a little yes. bit too broad because uh, again, I think you've already gone over that. But just like, do you think it adds to the game or takes away from it? I think it adds because again, like the first time you like my first time doing the very first level of this game, I w- it was like <laughs> you should have seen me. I'm looking at the gameplay. I jump out and I'm already. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I'm, like, no one, I'm not sure to get anyone. <laughs> but and it took me maybe like five minutes to get to that first level my first time. I go back to that level again after like making it to the third bracket. I get through it in like two minutes. I get through it in two minutes because I'm so yeah. much better at the game and I'm able to knock out some of the challenges I didn't get before because it's just so easy for me. It's so much I'm I've become more skilled at the game by this yeah. point because I've had to replay that level and other harder levels multiple times to get to the point I'm at now where it's like, all right, I'm on hard difficulty now, basically. This is easy mode for me, which yeah. was a bit difficult before. And the game, it does a good job of easing, like ramping up the difficulty and the progression. So like, it doesn't give you everyone all at once. Like the first level, it's just your basic grunts with the bats and then a sniper. And then it eases you in. It's like, all right, here are people with rocket launchers. Now here are some people with shields. Now here are some people with lasers. And as it eases you into these difficult, like more difficult enemies and all, it also like eases you in in terms of like the amount of enemies you have to fight at once, yeah. the complexity of the arenas that you're in. And also it gives you, it also eases you in with the weapons it gives you too. So like you have, I think by the end of the, by the time you get to the third level, I think, either second or third level, by then you have the shotgun. And then, because that's when you you need the shotgun for the shield people. And then you get the grenade launcher, I think, the first time you meet the laser guys, I think. And then after that, you get, shortly after that, you get the rifle. And by then you have all the weapons and you're like, all right, now I'm fully equipped. And then as you, again, as you learn what each weapon is best for against um, certain enemies, like who is best against how to best use it in, in relation to the perfect dodge mechanic and the, um, the perfect dodge and the super reflex time. Like you end up learning these things through repetition of these previous levels in the game that yeah. you have to do to you know, complete challenges and all. Um, and even just like learning those things through repetition, you just also end up feeling more comfortable on the sticks in terms of like, all right, I understand better this skating mechanic because there are other skating mechanics that the game teaches you as well bit by bit by bit some of them you need some of them you don't some of them you just don't even end up really you might not end up using because there's just so much happening on screen that's not even in your mind just like basic survival skills i need the basic skills i need to get through (laughs) um but i would say that that i guess to answer your question it is worth going back and doing these replays. Yeah. Not just aside from just the progression side of things, just from like the skill side of things. Like you need that, you need that skill that you get just from replaying these levels over and over again. Yeah. Is there any like I don't know, like skill points or anything, or is it just you no. as you go through? No, just yeah, okay. No, no skill points. I should say after you beat the main campaign, there is a second campaign that unlocks, which is basically super hard mode. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Out for Blood. It's called Out for Blood. And basically it's 
it's all the same levels from the first from the main campaign except more enemies <laughs> you have everything from the start and they are going at it for you like i tried doing the first level of the out for blood a couple times and i got real close so many times but i could mm-hmm. never beat it yeah. because it's just like everyone is here everyone is here from the start and they are gunning for you good luck <laughs> turned up to 11 right and i should say like also like the game is real the game is generous in terms of like your tricks too because you know yeah. like in a in a tony hawk game for example or any other like sport or skating game if you're doing a trick and you and like you don't land properly you get hurt or penalized yeah. that's not the case here like if you're doing a trick and you like don't land properly, it doesn't matter. You just land a roll and you keep on going. <laughs> like nice. the the, mo- the movement is constant. There there is no penalization for like not landing tricks properly or whatnot. That yeah. that is no such thing in this game. Um, and in terms of like getting health back from enemies, when you kill an enemy, they drop health. So like there's always sources yeah. of health for you in the game. But you know you just got to be careful and stuff in terms of like. Being sure you dodge properly, dodging enemy attacks, because I mean, you, you you can get taken out pretty quickly, yeah. especially on the out for blood mode. You will die very <laughs> fast if you are not like out for blood demands. Okay, you thought you were good. Prove it. <laughs> Prove you are good to get through the out for blood campaign, and that has its own set of challenges too and stuff to get through and everything. Mm, yeah. Um, but the main campaign itself, like, it does not take too long to get through. I think it took. It took me about anywhere from five to six hours to get through the main campaign. The okay. Out for Blood campaign, I imagine, could take as long, if not longer, because again, it is very hard, yeah. just that first level. Um, so yeah, it's, it is definitely a great game. It is a really, really great game. Very solid. Um, I've super enjoyed this game so much. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm actually really, really looking forward to picking it up whenever I do. It's, it's it's one of the top games on my list right now. Yeah, I definitely recommend everyone pick this game up. It is definitely worth the money for sure. Uh, it's on sale right now, I believe, for PS Plus. It's on sale for a bit. Uh, I forgot until when. I think like till the end of the month. I believe it's on sale. Uh, if it, either the end of the month or like the twenties, it's. The sale is ending soon for Rollerdrome. So if you want to get it on sale with PS Plus, do so ASAP. Um, otherwise, I think the game is like 30 bucks, I think. Anywhere from 20 to $30. But even still, like it is worth the price of admission. It is worth full price. Very good game. Very, very fun. Highly recommend it. It's definitely one of my favorite games I've played this year. Without nice. a doubt. Out of doubt. I did enjoy it. Very much it did. Look for the review. If it's not out already, it'll be out in like a day or two of this episode going live. So look for that for sure. Uh, but that is all I have to say about what I've been playing. And that is all we have. Unless Karen has any of the questions about Rollerdrome. Then that's all we got for this episode of the Play to Win podcast. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. Uh, remember, check us out over on playtowingames.wordpress.com. That's our site. It's a home for everything Play to Win. Yeah. You can read my Rollerdrome review if you would like to over there. Uh, you can also watch it while you're there. You can see the review guide over there. That way you can understand how, you know, why the roller drum got the score it did. If, you know, my words were not enough, you can see, you know, how, how things break down and everything. Uh, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Play2WinGame for updates on the show and other little things that we may post over there. This week, uh, you know, on both Twitter and the Instagram, I posted... Uh, 
like the last bit of the Volodrome gameplay that was here on show during the like the B-roll while I was talking. Yeah. Posted like the last bit of that over on the Twitter and the Instagram and everything. I was like, hey, this is some gameplay. How you all like the game? If it has to push you over the edge, this right here will do it for you. Um, so yeah, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram for fun stuff like that and other things. Yeah. Hit us up on YouTube as well. Subscribe when you are on YouTube and hit the notification bell so you are know as soon as the video goes live. Um, like, comment, and share while you were there. And also subscribe on podcast services and leave us that beautiful, beautiful five-star review. It is all greatly appreciated and helpful. Yep. We thank you all so very much for all of the support that you give us. Mr. Kieran, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. I tweet sometimes. I'm not, I, I like, I'm not hugely active on social media outside of the podcast. So like, don't expect much, but I'm on Twitter sometimes. Every now and then, like once in a yeah. blue moon. Yeah, you, you know. Can, you can bet he'll be there when Hollow Knight Silk Song gets a release date. I'll be tweeting every happens. single day. Or what happens with it. It's here! It's just a picture. Okay, never mind. But it's here! It's a picture of the game. <laughs> we got new footage of Hornet's left foot. Hornet's left foot twitched. It twitched, damn it! Uh, new mechanic. I don't, even, I don't know. I'll play that game sometimes then. You can follow me over on Twitter at TylerMiller2496. Uh, you know, where I tweet about games, movies, shows I'm watching, so on and so forth. It's a fun time over there. So hit me up over on Twitter and chat with me about stuff and things. All that being said, though, thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. We'll talk with you all next time. Have a great one. See you all later.